From the Transverse Network, this is The Transgender Show, an interview program about gender discovery and acceptance. I'm your host, Emily. This week on the show is New York firecracker, model, and influencer, Madly Maddie. Maddie, when did you first realize you were different? What were those signs when you were younger? Yeah, I guess I would say different came first before I knew that I was a girl. Um, so some of the signs were I had two older brothers and two younger brothers growing up. Um, so I kind of always felt like I didn't really have a place there, especially being in the middle. I always felt like, you know, they did this. I did my own thing. I was always around my mom, basically attached to her hip. Um, I knew I was different when my mom would be getting ready and I would just sit on the edge of the bed and just watch her do makeup the whole time. And I was like four, five years old and just sitting there going like, well, this is cool. Like, why don't my brothers want to sit here and watch this? It's like the best part of the day. Um, That was like the first real sign. But gosh, I I mean, I'm sure you have the same kind of experience. There's millions of other little things that like in hindsight you think of and you're like, oh, my God, like this thing and this thing and this thing. Um, I mean, the way I like the way I spoke. The way I, um, you know, everything was very meticulous, even at a young age. I just didn't want to be mistaken for a boy. Hmm. So I, but I knew I couldn't be a girl. So I was like, well, I guess I'll just be like kind of weird and odd and quirky. And so I was always very strange from the start. <laughs> and about how old were you when you started having these feelings of that, that you were, that you were strange, where you got to that realization that you were, you were in a boy's body but that that wasn't right and and so yeah. you, you felt kind of trapped in, in between what about what age was that four and five okay i mean I, I i have like an insanely good memory so i remember literally just knowing i remember being in my bathroom and i got locked in and um like i guess my mom was like in the kitchen or something and i, I panicked you know for that two seconds that i was locked in there and i was like oh my god i'm never gonna get out and i remember thinking well if I get stuck in here and I die, I mean, I was a kid. I was like, if I get stuck in here and I die, I'll come back as a girl, you know, or something different, you know? <laughs> and so, yeah, that was like five years old or six years old, maybe in that case. So yeah, it's been, it's been a long time. <laughs> and we talked that you had, you had transgender or LGBT influence in your life from an early yeah. age, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So my, dad's side of the family i didn't really really know my mom's side too well but my dad's side um there was a lot of gay men and um a lot of lgbtq before that was even like the term that was like really kind of big and in the ether you know it really was just like the gay community and um through the gay community you know you would see drag queens and you would see you know trans people hanging out and you would think to yourself like okay well i know that they're not a man because like they look different they look more like a girl so i would kind of like rationalize it in my head and eventually like i just kind of just got used to seeing people that were like us before there was really that term for us Mm -hmm. you know i didn't really know what to call those kinds of people but i was like okay like there's people out there that are different like me again i wasn't rationalizing it as i'm a girl or i'm trans but I was like, oh, cool, there are people that, like, 
can be who they want to be. And that was so important to me, mm-hmm. you know, from a really young age. I'm really thankful for it, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So did that help you come out earlier, do you feel? What, what time did you, uh, when, how old were you when you finally came out as trans? Um, so I'm 33 now, which I know I don't look it, but mm-hmm. I came out when I was um, 32. So, you know, to myself, 31, um, to the public, 32. So it's, it's been a short period of time, but I knew probably when I was like 17, 18, that I probably was trans, mm-hmm. but I just kind of just pushed it back, pushed it back until I just never believed it anymore and just didn't think about it anymore. So the, the thoughts were always there. Um, from when I was like old enough to know what being trans was, but I always thought I can't do it. So if I can't do it, does that really make me trans? That's kind of, unfortunately, how my brain worked Mm -hmm. for all that time until I was 31. And what was it in your head that you think brought about those thoughts that I can't transition? I can't be trans. Um... I didn't think that I was strong enough. You know, I would see I would see trans people in media and uh, in TV shows, things like that, and I would just go like, "Wow, like they really seem to have hard lives. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> they they struggle. They get they get called names in public. They get treated as less than compared to cisgendered people." And I was just so scared. I was completely scared and. Um, I was a very, again, this is something a lot of trans people can relate to. I was extremely masculine looking and I was like, well, there's no way I can go from this to something that more accurately reflects who I feel like inside, Mm -hmm. you know? And even when I started coming out to people and I was already on hormones for some time, I would tell people like, I'm probably not going to make a very cute girl, (laughs) but like, at least I'll feel good. And they were all like, okay, like we get it, you know? Um, I I hope I proved myself wrong, I think. I mean, I, at the very least, I feel happy. So, like, I think it was all worth it. But, yeah, I was scared. I was really just scared. Was there anything that you saw or sought out that helped you kind of get over that hurdle, hurdle and made you feel like, maybe I can transition. Maybe, um, maybe like, I, I, I can achieve some kind of attractive look through hormones or through makeup and things like that. Yes. So I would go on Reddit, um, which I still really, I try to frequent it and post as much as I can because it ended up being a pretty amazing resource for me um, in regards to, especially like looking at other trans people's timelines, you know, and I, and I got kind of obsessed with it where I would log in every day and I would upvote, you know, where you like rate everybody's um timelines that i would comment and i would just be like wow you're amazing oh my god and i would see these people that went from big burly you know male presenting to gorgeous absolutely stunning people in every different kind of facet and i would just go wow like okay they did it it's possible i can do it you know like at the very least um you know at this point i had already admitted to myself that I was trans and that I was going to transition. So I was really going there just for like the inspiration, Mm -hmm. but oh yeah, that was like huge for me was other trans people um, showing their transformations. It's still something that I see. And I think it's like the coolest part 
Um, there's like Transition Tuesday on Instagram. It's the coolest day of the week, you know, mm-hmm. today, um, where everybody posts their timelines and you just see, you know, before and after. And you're just like, how? How do they do it? Yeah. You know? And now I'm doing it myself, which is really cool. And so, you know, it's nice to keep that going and kind of spread that joy around for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I had a lot of that myself, like, you know, that self-doubt that I could ever look <laughs> anything vaguely attractive or feminine. Um, and yet it was interesting how much those transition photos, and those transition stories really inspired me and made me think, okay, maybe this is, I, I, I did, couldn't make the connection, but I, I, you know, they, they inspired me so much and I got, yeah, kind of addicted to them. I, I, I totally see what, what you see, what you were saying there. Um, yeah. You look great, by the way. Oh, thank you. I wasn't fishing for compliments. <laughs> I'm giving it anyway. Um, so let's talk about coming out then. Who did you first mm-hmm. come out to? Um, you know, I would say my therapist, but technically I don't think she really counts because, like, she helped me, like, come to it, you know, in a way that made sense to myself. So really the first person I actually came out to um, was a friend, uh, and it was totally random. I was at a friend's birthday party, and another friend walked up who I hadn't seen in a long time. And I don't know, I just felt like this moment of trusting her was my first day of hormones. First day. And I was like, I got to tell somebody. And so I trusted her, and I said, hey, just so you know, I totally sprung it on her. I was like, just so you know, I'm trans, and today's my first day of hormones, and I'm transitioning, and I'm a woman. And she was just like, oh, oh my God, what? <laughs> Completely supportive. She became an even closer best friend, somebody that I really love. Um, I don't know if she's watching this, but her name is Ariane. I love her. Um, and really, she kind of was the right person to come out to. She's queer herself. And so it kind of it gave me like such a strong base to start from you know like i felt i felt like i had a little bit of like i had like a brick wall that could kind of stand behind me a little bit if i ever felt like the world was pushing me too hard you know Mm -hmm. and so yeah super thankful for her love her yeah i'm i'm so amazed by people like you and it it just kind of makes me think how funny it is how backwards my story is how much i kind of came out long before I started hormones. I just started hormones yeah. recently. So, and I've been dressing full time for almost five years. So, oh, wow. but um, I, I totally understand what you're saying about having that first person that, that really supports you and having that, that, you know, yeah, the, the like you said, the wall that's there behind you, um, that's always got your back. I love that. Oh, yeah. And I, I, that's one of the things I try to to suggest most on this show is that, yeah, build up your support network first and early. Find those people that you know are going to support you. And then once you found them, then start to branch out because the bigger that core is, the better you feel about yourself and the more you're able to dive into being yourself. And, you know, because it's, just, it's scary. It's very scary. So scary. But I completely agree with you. And it's it's probably the most important part of transitioning is you know, finding friends and uh, finding support wherever you can, because uh, it's hard. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, those people that really want to support you are going to, they're going to pull that weight and really help you. And it's, 
God, it's like irreplaceable. So thankful for it. So. Mm. So on the other side of that, who was really difficult for you? Who did you struggle to either tell or struggle to get acceptance from? I'm going to take a sip of this whiskey. Um, because um, didn't tell everybody person... to have their whiskey ready. We should have. Yeah, sorry, know. everyone. If, if you want to go run right now and grab some, we won't judge. Um, my, my, my toughest person, I think, is my mother um and continues to be if she's watching this i'm sorry mom um i love her and she loves me but i think it's hard for a woman to you know rear a child and raise a child and do everything that she can to make this child happy and then to find out this child was not very happy you know mm -hmm. and so it's not her fault it's it's not anybody's fault it just is what it is. But I think that's been the tough part is kind of getting her to get over the hump of, oh, my God, like, was I a bad mom or did I do something wrong? Or should I have seen the signs earlier? You know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, with that said, she's loving and amazing. And the fact that even, you know, the person who is the one that's been the toughest to kind of get on board still loves me and supports me and has not said a negative thing about me still kind of means a lot, you know, and I'm, I feel really blessed and kind of lucky to have that. Cause, um, I've heard horror stories from everybody else, you know, where people, the loss that is out there is unbelievable in our mm -hmm. community. It's, it's so sad. So yeah, I didn't really lose anybody and I didn't really have a tough time at anyone, pretty much every friend and family and, coworker was just like awesome good for you you know I'm, I'm lucky i live in a very progressive place but you know nonetheless it was amazing so mm -hmm. yeah just because you live in a progressive area doesn't mean that the people close to you your family some of your closer friends your longtime friends are going to support you that's that's pretty amazing and that's very unique very unique um yeah so then was your acceptance at your place of business at, at your work um, how, how did that yeah. go? Was that good? It was incredible. Um, so I, I uh, before COVID at the time, I worked in um, in Broadway, basically. I worked on Broadway in, um, in theater and um, entertainment related to it. And which, you know, is kind of a great place to come out as trans because there's so much expression and, and joy and beauty and love and, you know, every kind of culture and presentation on Broadway, um, mm -hmm. sometimes problematic, but um, nonetheless, coming out to people and saying, hey, you know, I'm going to transition publicly at work, you know, leave on Friday, come in on Monday as a new person, basically. Yeah. They were all like, all right, cool. And it <laughs> went way easier than I thought it was going to be. Um, yeah, it was awesome. Very, again, super lucky person. <laughs> Well, it sounds like you had everybody support you and accept you. So um, maybe you had a lot of my next question. Who did who supported you that you weren't expecting? You know, a lot of people, um, as weird as that is to say, uh, and not so much that I thought that they would be um, unaccepting, but more so that I didn't know how accepting they would have been. Like people that were casual friends, or people that were, um, you know, uh, like my roommate, for example, you know, 
I we had gotten to be pretty cool, and then I moved in with her. And the week or two that I moved in, like I was like, hey, I'm transitioning, and she became like a sister to me. You know, you know, there's like that. Uh, there's that thought in your head that no one's gonna accept you, which is an awful thought that a lot of us go through. Yeah. And then there's like the shock of like, wow, not only are they accepting me, but like they're helping me with makeup. They're helping me with like clothes. And I've had people give me stuff and go like, hey, I know you probably don't have this yet. So here you go. Um, coworkers that I was not super close with that ended up becoming great friends after. Mm-hmm. Um, same with family, too. I hear from my family members now more than I did before. Um, you know, it, it, it's a. Uh, yeah, pretty much all across the board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's wonderful. So um, when when did you first find community? Like a like an actual um, trans community that was that not only was supportive, but knew what you were going through and could help you and answer questions, all that kind of stuff, give you guidance. Instagram. And it was um, it was probably just about a year ago. Um, that I dressed up publicly for the first time. And so I posted a photo um, because I'm the kind of person, I'm an Aries and I like okay. attention and <laughs> I like to do it in a, uh, in a way that makes people shocked. So literally on my Instagram, I just posted a picture of myself in a Halloween costume, first time ever dressed as a woman, as myself, and just posted it up and was just like, let's see what happens. And <laughs> Um, immediately, cause I had used like trans hashtags and stuff, trans people just started coming out in droves, which was kind of amazing to me that, you know, we long for community and, and safety so much that we seek each other out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not something you really see in a lot of other communities, um, strictly just because they're either too big for it or they're too niche, you know, sometimes, but I think with us, like we need to have other trans friends sometimes. And um, I've had trans people reach out to me from that time period very early on that were like, hey, like, you know, I found you on a trans hashtag and it seems like you're in the beginning. Can I give you some help? Can I give you some pointers? Can I tell you about hormones like, and how it's going to be? Hmm. And I'm so utterly, eternally grateful to those people. And so Instagram has been a legitimate lifesaver for me when it comes to transitioning. It is shifted everything that I thought I was going to be doing Hmm. and kind of sped me up, I think, Um, especially for how little time I've been transitioning. So yeah, Instagram. So the the next question seems kind of obvious at this point, but um, how far along in your transition would you say that you are? Um, So I've been on hormones now for a year and seven months. Um, I only started publicly dressing a year ago. So um, if it were like a percentage kind of thing for myself, I feel like I'm kind of like 50%. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's still a lot of mental learning to do. And um, especially like being out in public and talking to people, I still like sometimes feel like I enter a room like like a baseball player that's in a dugout. You know, like I just come in like too strong sometimes and too so used to like privilege as a as a male. So coming in as a woman, I sometimes like forget my place a little bit and don't know like what I'm doing. But um, 
I still have a lot to learn there. But yeah, I think I'm like halfway through uh, where I would like to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are some of your next steps? What are your goals? Next steps. Um, well, my goal is to... My goal is to feel very comfortable in my skin to the point that I don't really think about... Um, not so much that I don't think about being trans, but more that I don't think about what else I need to do, you know, where I'm constantly trying to think about the other thing I need to do and this thing I need to do and how do I look more presentable and how do I find better clothing for myself and blah, blah, blah. I just want to kind of get over that hump and just be content and just worry about normal life stuff. Uh -huh. But I think like specific steps, um, grow my hair out longer because this is a wig. Mm -hmm. um, finish laser. I have like tomorrow I have a session and I think I have like four or five more and I'm done. Mm, and, um, you know, grow bigger boobies. I think that's <laughs> probably a big one for me. <laughs> um, I just started progesterone today, so I'm, I'm hoping that helps me do that. And, um, yeah, those are the immediate ones anyway. Well, congrats on the, the new, um, the, the progesterone, the new prescription. Thank you. Hope that goes well. What is it that progesterone does? That's one that I'm not very clear on at this point, because yeah, you were so, saying you um, were telling telling me in our previous chat that you should really kind of be at least a year through before you start that. Very important, yeah. So um, at least that's what my doctors relayed to me, and like what my research kind of said was, after you've been on uh, hormones or hormone therapy, rather, so estradiol and some kind of T blocker or whatever your situation is for a good period of time your body does continue to change but there are certain aspects that start to plateau a little bit so mm -hmm. like some people say boob growth slows down some people say like um body changes slow down a little bit and progesterone there, there's a reason you need to do it after about a year or so is you need to get to that plateau point and then it kind of fills in the gaps and it gives you you know a little bit of a more fuller figure um, for some people, they say their hair grows in better or that their skin looks more supple. Um, there are a plethora of side effects. And so that's why a lot of people don't go on progesterone. Hmm. Um, in fact, I debated it myself for months before I actually decided to do it. And um, those side effects are kind of tough, like, um, like exacerbated period symptoms or... Extreme horniness, um, which for some would be a plus. And then um, other things like that, like very big mental changes is the one thing I hear from people. So um, definitely so put a big warning sign on it for sure. But it's something that I'm looking forward to doing and um, seeing if it gives me those feminizing changes I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. I think we sort of covered this. What are some of the key fears you've had through your transition and how did you overcome them? Yeah. So, you know, being seen as a woman was, was and is my biggest fear, you know, not being seen as a man wearing women's clothing and makeup, being seen as an actual woman was mm -hmm. a big fear of mine. Cause I was like, I don't think that'll ever happen. Um, the other big one was love. You know, am I am I going to find love ever again? Am I going to find a partner ever again who cares about me and doesn't fetishize me? <laughs> or, um, you know, 
things like that, very societal. Unfortunately, it's all based on other people. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. how are people going to look at me in public? How is how is my career going to look like? You know, um, especially with COVID happening and coming out of that, I'm like, you know, what's next? And do you know, do I have to go through a whole HR thing to teach people who I am? You know, I, I can't just go into the office and just start working, you know? So a lot of that kind of stuff, but um, handling it with as much grace as I can, which is tough, and um, with help from others, you know, doing a lot of research and finding uh, less focus on worrying and more focus on, you know, let me just be myself. And I think it'll be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, people will hopefully like me. And if they don't, you know, fuck it. Yeah. It's <laughs> basically it. I had an interesting thing. You know, my dad asked me recently, you know, about me looking for a new job. And he said, you know, are you, are you going to go out looking for a job like that? And I was just like, well, yeah, duh. And then I thought about it later and I was just like, oh, man. What is that going to be like? Is that going to be a problem? And how is that going to go? I also relate very much to what you, the other things you said about, you know, being seen as a woman. Yeah, I've just kind of, luckily, I've, I've, I've gotten past that as a fear because I have just, I have so much negativity in my brain that I, I just have, have quickly came to the, the thought that like, it's not going to happen. So just, just let it go. <laughs> um, but but finding love, that's the big one that's really held me back from doing any of the permanent changes. I think that's the main reason it took me so long to get on hormones of like, you know, um, will I find somebody? So how have you addressed that? How have you been able to get over that hurdle? By, by being with people, um, you know, just by, I guess not getting over the fear, but more so just... Um, putting it in my pocket and kind of moving through it, you know, and saying, you know what, I'm going to go on this date. Like I remember going on my first date with a man, you know, I I dated women prior to transitioning. And after, you know, being on hormones for a while, I started to notice men and I was like, okay, I'm going on a date with a guy. It was like the weirdest feeling I'd ever had in my life. And then I showed up there and I was like, oh, it's just like, dating up you know anybody it's it's the same kind of thing like you know we're both nervous to be there and he obviously wants to be there because he's here so it seems okay we're in public it feels safe so like getting over that first hurdle of that and the terror that i felt made it so much easier and now i find that people there are people out there for all of us and i I know that's such a silly thing to say but there really are i mean there's people that will see you for who you are, regardless of your, you know, your presentation or where you are in your transition or anything like that. They just like your personality or they like the package that they see and they go, yeah, okay. You know, and and I had to, that's like a constant reminder to myself. And now instead of saying like, I don't like my voice or I don't like when I have facial hair after a day or any of these things, now I'm just like, well, they kind of seem to be okay with the whole thing. Like, Mm. that's why I'm so visible and open about those things on my Instagram and other elsewhere. It's like, I want people to see who I really am, you know, because you're not going to get this 24 hours a day. You're just, you're just not, you're Mm. getting it a couple days a week, maybe, you know? (laughs) Um, 
and that's that. And the rest of the time, I, I, you know, I'm still me. I'm still me always. And yeah, it's been tough. It's been tough getting to that point, but it comes. Hmm. You get it. Where are you doing your finding of dates? Where, where is that happening? I know it's, it's got to be online at this point. Yeah, it's online. No, I, I go outside and I just say yes to all the guys that walk down the street and the gals. No, I um I go on like Tinder. I go on Bumble. I've gone on uh, every dating app you can think of. Um, I actually found dates from Instagram and I found dates from people I knew from the past who kind of showed back up again in the future and or in the present rather. And we're like, hey, like. We should hang out. And then I was like, oh, this is a date. Cool. Um, but lately, yeah. Oh, I've had a couple of those. Um, lately, it's been um, just Bumble because it gives women the ability to be the one that message first. Mm-hmm. And so that took away all of my fear of like, what are people going to say to me is <laughs> the first message. And now I control it. So, nice. um, yeah, it helps. <laughs> <laughs> Jeannie in the chat suggests FarmersOnly.com. <laughs> Look, farmers, man, we need them. They're sexy as hell. They're out there. They're they're hoeing it up in the, in the dirt. <laughs> we need farmers. We we got to keep that alive. All right, is someone find me a farmer? I'll go out with them. <laughs> Somebody's got to hoe it up around here, right? Um. Look. So have <laughs> have your transition goals shifted? I know you're not very extremely far along but have you seen anything kind of shift in in where you're headed as far as my goals yeah um yeah i I think you know i I never expected to be sitting here with pink hair you know done up on a tuesday like i thought i was going to be kind of like you know like a tomboy kind of girl and just you know you know kind of do that thing Mm -hmm. that shifted once i got into makeup I was like, oh, whoa, like, I like the feminine, the ultra feminine look a lot more. Um, So that was like a shift to begin with. Now, as time goes on, I think I'm finding myself trying to dress more for myself instead of like my age and all those things. That was something else I had no plan in doing. I was just going to be like, well, I'll just like dress what I thought I should dress like at this age if I had been born a woman you know Mm -hmm. and yeah now i'm just like no i'm gonna wear crop tops when it's like 40 degrees out with a leather jacket over it i don't care like you know whatever makes me happy so it kind of shifts as it goes you know it's like day-to-day kind of stuff where i'm just like you know going with the flow basically whatever life gives me i'm I'm gonna ride that wave i'm gonna try it all Mm -hmm. and just kind of go with it which is so not how I thought I was going to be. I had a very strict plan and basically none of it went to plan. So <laughs> it's nice to have a plan, but you know, it's same typical thing. You know, you have the rules so you can break them. Yep. The The yep, rules give you a it. structure and then you can just kind of break them as you will. I love it. Yeah. Who likes to, you know, some people like to stick to the plan. Now I'm just like, it's so much more fun to just break, break the rules of the rules I gave myself. Mm-hmm. What role did therapy, you, you mentioned you, you were in therapy earlier. What role did therapy play in your ability to, to come out and your ability to really truly find yourself? The biggest part it could have ever played. Um, I tell people in my personal life all the time, therapy saved my life. 
um, in in every possible way and gave me a life to live um, happily. And um, yeah, so my, my therapist was an incredibly helpful person who just got it. She spent the time with me. She learned exactly who I was and what I was talking about. She didn't just rush to any kind of thoughts with me. She was just like, let's feel it out. Let's try it all. Let's get through all of your feelings. And by the time it came to transitioning, my first thing that I said to her was, no, I'm, I'm not going to do it. Sorry. And she pushed me not on, to transition, not to take hormones or anything. She pushed me to continue to find the right answer in myself. Mm. And that was everything because I came back to her like, like a fool. And I was like, you were right. I have to transition. I have to do it. Like everything you said was right. Like this is, this is the right thing to do. And she was like, I wanted you to get there on your own, but yes, like, you know, you, you need to do this. And she, it, therapy is the best thing that I've ever done in my life. Um, bar none, hands down. It's better than even deciding to transition. It's so much more than that. It's, it's just, it saved my life. And I, I owe an entire debt of gratitude to, my therapist for, um, I wish I still saw her, unfortunately, but for giving me everything, giving me every tool and teaching me how to be a person hmm. all over again, the right way. So yeah, it's irreplaceable for me. Oh, that's amazing. I didn't have that yeah. therapist. I need to find that therapist still. <laughs> Takes time. Takes time for sure. So keep at it. What level of confidence, again, let's, let's go back to some kind of scale here. You could make it up on your own. What level of confidence do you have as a woman these days? I love rating things from zero to 10. Um, so I would say my confidence level is, I probably sound like a bitch, but it's definitely like a solid eight. Um, I, I think that's because of my personality. I think that I can turn even a transphobe into a fan you know, sometimes, and it's probably not accurate, but that's how I think about mm -hmm. myself. And that's just that overinflated ego that I have. But um, yeah, it's like a solid eight. I think, I think that fluctuates and shifts with the days, you know, just like anybody. But, um, you know, when I look at myself in a mirror, just like I see myself here now, I'm like, hey, like, I see, I see a happy chick, you know, and, and I'm happy that that's who I am. So that confidence to me is is huge. It, it it's the reason I'm so open and so out there, and um, yeah, it, it's I'm so thankful for that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Truly. Other than just kind of the, your personality, your just innate personality towards that, are there any pieces of advice that you have for people to find that confidence other than therapy? Yeah, I actually um I wrote I wrote I posted an IGTV video kind of in the beginning of quarantine, actually, so back in maybe April, about finding confidence, um, and not just as a trans person, but just, just kind of finding it. And really, it's, you know, it's kind of that old adage, a little bit of fake and a smile, right? Like, eventually, it starts to kick in. It's not exactly the case here, but you really just, you tell yourself, I need to get over this hump of what is frightening me from being confident in myself. Because that's really all it is. We're just we're scared mm. to get to that next step. So for me, 
it was really just a lot of affirmation, you know, listening to the music that I liked, listening to songs that I liked while I got ready and put my makeup on. And it put me in such a good mood, you know, instead of sitting there in the, in the silence, you know, I put myself in a happy mood and start my day off right. And I would, you know, leave myself little notes here and there and say like, Hey, you're awesome. Or, Hey, you know, don't be a bitch. Like little things like that, that kind of (laughs) evened me out and put me in the right path. But confidence takes so much work. It is an everyday, every second reminder to yourself that you are worth something and it's okay. You know, it's not being egotistical. It's not overinflating your self, your sense of self-worth. It's just acknowledging who you are. We all are people that deserve, you know, to be confident. Unfortunately, it's so hard to get. So yeah, it's an everyday, every moment thing. Like mm-hmm. even this right now, like my anxiety is telling me like, ah, like what the hell are you doing? You're like on a video and like, oh my God, what's going on? But my confidence is telling me like, you were asked to be here, you know, like, it's okay. Like, they want you to be here. They want to hear what you're saying. They care about what you're saying. That to me is, is confidence mm-hmm. is just reassurance for myself. That's wonderful. I especially love the idea of leaving yourself little notes of affirmation. That's a great idea. I'm definitely gonna write notes on your mirror, write notes, you know, where you know, you're going to find it like in a few days, mm-hmm. you know, like, like anything you put in your fridge, you open your fridge or you open your freezer and you go, was this again what did i write and it's like you're the best and it's like i'm the best (laughs) oh thanks me someone thinks i'm the best (laughs) (laughs) yeah i love the note thing it's really fun sometimes i do it now just like you know just because i still missed doing it in the beginning of my transition Mm -hmm. um yeah i recommend it for everybody it's the best so you mentioned that uh, you know we don't always feel confident what are some of the things these days that make you feel dysphoric and kind of chip away at that confidence? Oh, yeah. So dysphoria for me is a very complicated thing because, like, I don't know if it's because I've been on hormones and feeling the euphoria of it for so long, but dysphoria for me is um, triggered by, like, somebody saying, like, you know, it's obviously the, the... mean assholes that are on the internet that say gross stuff Mm -hmm. you know it's not so much like people saying you're ugly or you're still a man or things like that these are all the things we still hear but like it's more like when people are just like gross that kind of triggers my dysphoria because i'm like damn like they're only treating me this way because i am trans you know it's like that sobering reminder of who you are sometimes where Mm -hmm. you're just like shit like as much as i love being trans like it's still really really hard and really shitty a lot of the time so um that triggers my dysphoria crazy um another thing too is facial hair is it's just the worst for Mm me um the worst i was a very hairy person prior and seeing that little trace of hair on my chin when i haven't shaved in a couple days because i've just been like depressed or something when i see that i'm just like Oh, thanks for the reminder, you know, like <laughs> another another thing to add on to the the crap that I'm going through. But um, yeah, I try not to let dysphoria take hold of me too much, though. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think of really, you know, I think of important self-love and po- body positivity kind of things. And I read quotes from people I like. I read a book and I just try to out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. And they don't hurt as bad as they used to, thankfully. 
Oh, that's great. That's wonderful. Did you, have you had anybody throughout your transition that was um, a specific role model or a confidant in the trans community? In the trans community? Oh, man. So I, I hope I don't offend anybody because they're all so amazing to me and so helpful. Yeah, so there's um, an account. Her account on Instagram is uh, caroland14. Her name is Carolina Gutierrez. She is one of the most amazing people I think I've ever had the pleasure of knowing in my life. She posts her transition very publicly and openly, kind of like I do, which is totally, I totally stole that from her. She had a YouTube channel way before most trans people did and was so open about who she was and what she was doing and the procedures she did and the food she eats and dating. And I would just watch her and I would go, Oh my God, first of all, the most stunning human being, but two, internally stunning. I would just think, how could this person be so happy being trans, going through what they're going through? And then we became friends. And after I transitioned, you know, kind of publicly and literally messaged her and said, hey, you're my inspiration. I just hope you know that. Hmm. And she was like, great. And we became friends from there. And I realized you know, she's just a special person. Like she um, is just incredible. She offered to send me clothes, you know, from another state all the way over here. And I was like, she doesn't even know me, you know? So she has been instrumental in so many facets of who I am now as a person. So I, I thank her every day. Mm -hmm. um, and I hope she knows that I'm thankful. Um, but so many other women, I mean, um, Trace Lissette, she's an actress um, from my area in New York love her she really is like the best she has the greatest personality um mj rodriguez from pose is a literal light in a freaking world of darkness um yeah just so many people and then all of my friends that i'm friends with now inspire me daily you know they're all this is the cool thing about being in this community is like we all kind of lift each other up and it's oh it's the best mm. thank god yeah, that's wonderful. That, that That's what we need the most. It's the most important thing if we're, you know, again, like you said, that that support group. And it's yeah. best to have that from people that understand what you're going through. What um, what hurdles have you had in your transition that you've had to overcome? Um, hurdles. I would say um, the big one was being in public and walking outside as as myself you know, and not putting my head down and being afraid of people looking at me. Mm -hmm. um, and weirdly enough, I got over that by getting pink hair. Um, it was like such a bold thing for me to do. And I was like, oh, my God, this pink wig is so fun, but I'll never like go outside like this. People are going to freaking call me crazy. And then what I learned was like, it just made me look like so confident and like, a fun person mm -hmm. and I noticed that my interactions with people changed immediately like wow. women were nicer to me you know knowing knowing that I'm trans too like I feel like I I very publicly look trans so like women seeing that I'm trans and complimenting my hair or complimenting my nails and then they start to look at the outfit and men being men whatever but like in public that was the big thing I was so terrified of it like hmm. ill I felt sick the first time um so yeah i got over it just by fucking getting over it just by going you know what 
No, no. I, I, I'm going to be myself. I, I deserve to walk on this street. I deserve to go into this store. Like, let them try to take that away from me mm-hmm. as a woman. Like, fuck you. So, yeah, that was, like, the biggest one. Um, another one was voice. I really, really struggled because I had a much deeper voice prior to transitioning. That was, like, <clears throat> like much more, like, down here. And there was a lot more bass. And then I was, like... This voice to me that I'm doing now doesn't sound very feminine. I was like, I'll never be taken seriously. So I have to like try this voice and try that voice and months of training it. And then I just settled back on this because I liked it. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, sometimes like the answer is so simple mm-hmm. and we try really hard. Um, so those hurdles got solved just by me saying, whatever, I'm mm-hmm. just going to do it anyway. You know, like repet- repetitiveness yeah. of it. Repetition is a good one. And I also love the idea of actually going super bold like that with the pink hair, you know, doing something like that, that again, like you said before, makes you happy and helps in your confidence. I also think that there's something kind of cool in that of like, if you've got pink hair, like, and people are looking at you, you can say you can put it on the hair while people are staring at me because I have pink hair. And then, like, you kind of let the, the, the part that, oh, they're staring at me because I'm trans sort of thing fade away from your mind. That's, you put it perfectly. That, that's basically what it is. It's like, you know, it, it's such a, it's an eye catcher. And I'm mm-hmm. like, they're not looking at my chin, you know, they're not looking at, like, you know, my hands or something or whatever, you know, trying to find the signs mm-hmm. like some people tend to do when they're around trans people. Instead, they're just like, okay crazy long pink hair you look crazy but cool (laughs) like all right (laughs) so what what in transitioning have been some of your bigger learning curves what are some of the things like the way that people have treated you or anything like that that have um caught you by surprise and taken a while for you to kind of catch up on talking to people as as myself um was hard and like kind of I guess like finding like my voice, not so much physically, but finding my voice as a woman amongst other women um, was kind of weird. And um, that continues to be a little bit weird, but I'm, I'm getting there. I don't know. I mean, I don't think I really, I don't know. I think I'm at the point now that it like something I don't really think about, you know? Yeah. I don't think I really have much. Mm-hmm. In what ways has transitioning lived up to your expectations? In what ways is it, maybe not necessarily falling short but what ways is it different i thought that transitioning was the kind of thing that like you still feel the same i thought like i would feel better but like still kind of feel like myself in a way like i didn't think like that my taste in things would change like music or movies or food or whatever i was just like well i'm always going to be me but that drastically changed like my mental, I, th- I guess I mean the mental aspects of transitioning are the biggest changes for myself. Like, you know, liking spicy food more, liking um, salty foods like like pickles and and olives more, or chocolate. Like, I didn't really like pickles and chocolate before. I was just like, you know, very like plain Jane. Like, I like cheeseburgers and pizza. Hmm. Now I'm like. I like flavor. I like condiments. I like sauce. I like this. I like that. There's like much more going on with my sense of taste and my sense of smell. Interesting. Um, 
Oh yeah, and my sight changed too. Like my what? literal vision like got better. My my eyes and like my vision just got better. It was the weirdest thing. <laughs> um Oh yeah, there's like so many weird things that I didn't like know about. Like I wish there had been a trans handbook that was like just so you know, you know, there's you got to take these pills and you got to put them under your tongue and you got to take this pill and you got to swallow it, but only at this time of day, like all these different things that I had no clue about. I was just like, Oh, like I'll just take this pill and I'll be a girl. And I was like, Oh my God, there's so much more work to it. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Being, being a woman in general, you know, learning how to do makeup and learning how to do hair and learning how to style yourself and how to decorate your room and all these things just nothing i was prepared for mm -hmm. i just <laughs> learning as i go were you getting a lot of pickles love in the in the chat here <laughs> oh really well yeah. i mean it helps i've i'm working on i don't want to like jinx myself but i'm working on creating my own pickle line that i can like physically sell okay and uh like ship out to people especially like other trans folk just because like we all love them so much so <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm really like, I want to get that going, but I got obsessed with them. My, mm. my refrigerator is filled with them. There must be like 150 pickles in there. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> I love the idea of a trans pickle brand though. Like, uh, we'll have to work I, together yeah. on that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. We got, we got to come some ideas. We'll crowdsource it. <laughs> um, well, we're already coming to the, the end of this section. We got, um, the, the fun question and then the, the hard one, um, that's not the hard one, it's it's but it's the good closer. So for okay. the fun one, how did you choose your name? Where did Maddie come from? So um for the sake of uh me being a rule breaker, I'm gonna break the rules and I'm gonna reveal my dead name really quick. Okay. Because it doesn't offend me at all. Um so my previous name was Jonathan and my middle name was Matthew. So my initials are JM. And then my last name, uh, the initial is O. So I had JMO. And my mom is MJO. And I don't know. So this is like really fucked up to reveal. But like when I used to get in trouble in school and I would have to get a note sent home for my mom to read it and sign it, I would just sign it for her. Mm. So I would just scribble her signature as best as I could, which was M and then the last name. And... I don't know, there was something about transitioning in the beginning where I really, really, I spent months thinking about a name. And I was just like, I don't know if I'm ever going to find this name. And then I was just like looking through names and I was thinking, well, I'd like to have the same initials as my mom. I'd love to have like MJO. So then I started brainstorming that. And I thought of Jonathan and Matthew like being reversed. And then I thought, well, this kind of sounds like that. Like Madison kind of has the same syllables as Jonathan and like the same kind of aesthetic way of saying it. Mm -hmm. And then I just fiddled around and I was like, well, Madison is the closest name to all of that. And then my middle name is Joe, J-O, which is kind of towards my own self, which was Jonathan slash John was J-O there. And I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to take a little bit of myself, a little bit of my mom and just kind of smush it together. And now it's MJO. And I also sign the same exact signature that I used for my mom all those years ago. That's my <laughs> signature now. So a little bit of foreshadowing on my own part. But um, 
yeah, that was it. It was really simple. It wasn't like a name that, you know, the name Madison didn't have any particular meaning to it. Mm-hmm. I just thought it sounded really great with what I was looking for. Yeah. And, um, you know, it could have been anything else. It could have been Petunia. I don't know. But <laughs> I went with that and I don't know. I love it. Somebody in the chat asks um, why you have a, a username that's so close to one of our friends, mainly Madison. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. I, I don't know if I follow her. Um, oh, you I don't know. I've changed my username a bunch of times. Really? I've had like some weird ones that like lasted a day where people were like, no. I had one that had tacos in it. Bad time in my life. I was eating a lot of Taco Bell. Um, <laughs> now, lately, I was just like, well, I'm like, I feel like Madly Maddie just like kind of says it all, you okay. know? Like, I'm just like kind of out there and kind of crazy, but mm-hmm. I like it. I also saw that Sorry attached. Sorry that it's close, though. What's that? Sorry that it was a little close to someone else, though. Oh. I hope I didn't like infringe. Yeah, the, um, you'll, you'll hear from her copyright lawyer soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw that Great. attached to your Instagram account is uh, Queen Maddie as well. Yeah, you know, that's like, oh, God, I'm like so embarrassed talking about myself so much. But um, yeah, Queen Maddie is definitely not to be taken seriously. Um, but a lot of the girls, a lot of the younger girls in the community who I've become really close friends with, you know, I would write something bold, like yelling at some chasers or something. They would go queen maddie has spoken hmm. and i was just like um that sounds great i'll take that and that was it i just took it on and forced it to be accepted mm-hmm. so <laughs> hey it counts as long as someone else originally gave you the nickname you can take it and use it that's isn't that how like people get knighted and like you know sure that's all it takes mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so in wrapping up the transgender story section of the show mm-hmm. What advice do you have for young or closeted trans or non-binary people out there? I would say the first thing is to constantly remind yourself that you're valid, you're going to be okay, and it doesn't matter what anybody else says. You know, I I get so many people that message me and go, I'm so worried about what my mom's going to say or what my partner's going to say or what my friends are going to say. And that's totally valid. I get it. I feel it. I was worried too. But it's your life. And you only get one, as far as we know. Mm -hmm. And being that you only have the one, wouldn't you rather have lived it to the best of your abilities and as yourself with a modicum, hopefully, of happiness and... I mean, beauty, I hate to say it in such a corny way, Um, you know, no matter what, and whatever your gender expression is, and if you're having a hard time getting there, you can do it. You really can. Anybody can do it. We have anybody who has done it out of all of us that I know did it. There's so many of us. So that would be my number one piece of advice is just love yourself and keep in mind that you're valid and you can do this and I'm rooting for you. And if you need any help, reach out to Maddie. (laughs) Yeah. Just message me. Honestly. I mean, it's, it's what I, it's what I do. I want to help y'all. So let me know. That's wonderful. We all need all the help we can get. So, um, in the intro, I introduced you as an influencer and a model. 
Um, first off, the, the influencer aspect, what, how did you get into that and um, what has that meant for you? Yeah, so it's kind of weird. Um, I was not this public of a person before. Um, and I think the reason that I got into influencing was I realized that you can influence, like, let's say on the high end, like somebody like Kim Kardashian. They're going to pay her a billion bucks to say whatever about whatever piece of crap product she's holding in her hands. Mm. I never liked that side of influencing. So I was like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it openly and honestly and proudly. So I was like, okay, I'm only going to do it for the not so much products per se, like not so much things, but for like software and for apps and for like trans focused things like like dating apps or um you know like trans apps that help with goal setting things like that i was like i'm only going to do it if i believe in what they're doing if it's honest and true if it's trying to help trans people i've had dating apps reach out to me and say hey can you say that you found love on our app and i was like fuck no because i didn't like i looked at your app and it was awful it was filled with chasers like, i'm not going to do that so i spent a lot of time developing that mindset and going like well all these companies keep reaching out to me and asking me my actual opinion instead of saying, can you say this? They were like, we'd love to hear your honest opinion. And that started to become the trend for myself. Mm. And so I was like, you know what? This influencing thing can be a thing and be honest too. Like it can, you can make money, but it's not always about that. Sometimes it's about helping a community of people or, or helping one person, you know, with a particular problem. So it became more of like a weird reluctant thing at first where i was like well this keeps happening so i'll just give into it to me dictating how i do it mm -hmm. you know and I, I probably could have grown my platform way bigger had i just given into all of the other things but instead i was like you know what i'm gonna keep it small so i can keep talking to people and if they have questions about things that i talk about we can connect on that and i've worked with beauty companies uh skincare I've worked with actual in-person companies to do like uh, procedures and things like that. And I've found that I've met incredible people and worked with incredible companies. So, you know, it's, it's important to be honest with that stuff. And it's become something I really love doing, mm. honestly. I don't make a lot of money from it or anything, but, you know, I think it's really about the experience. Mm. And how did you make that? that transition, lack of a better term, from just being someone who posts and, and is active in the community to being an influencer? Did people just start reaching out to you or was, or was, do you have like key advice or some kind of key moment that you hit where it became that? Sure. Um, I think it boils down to regular posting. So I schedule my posts as well as as well as I can usually. Um, I try to break from that sometimes, but scheduled posts that people see that you're taking Instagram or whatever the platform is seriously, they'll see that you're posting every day at this time, or you post every two days at this time, or you post multiple times in a day, or you're using your stories and you're using polls and you're using questions and stickers, tagging companies. So I was like, you know, I really like this product. I'm not trying to get anything for free or anything. I just want to let these people know that I like it. And so tagging like actual companies and following them and interacting with them. Eventually they just started reaching out. Um, also using hashtags uh, is extremely important in that sense and connecting with people 
you know, in those communities. So other influencers, you know, I started adding people and like seeing what they were doing and going, okay, like they post pretty regularly or they do this or they do that or they shout out other companies or they shout out other people. And then it was like that after like I my account like tripled in followers in like a matter of months. Hmm. Um and just keep steadily growing that way. And it's it's a lot of work, but it's a lot easier than people think too. Hmm. That's great. That's wonderful. Yep. It work. It's like a whole other job, mm-hmm. literally. Um so let's get into modeling. When did you start doing that? Yeah, so I would say um it started very amateur um for myself where I you know, I mean, it's just like most trans people do. It's like you start to feel that euphoria of looking at yourself and going like, I look pretty good today or like I feel good in my own skin. So I would take body photos of myself and things like that. And then I started modeling clothing in that sense. And then I was like, OK, well, and this is like probably like rated R for some people. But I started an OnlyFans, which a lot of people have these weird like preconceived notions about what an OnlyFans actually is. Mm. They think it's like, you know, you go on there and you just like get sausages thrown at your face the whole time. It's really nothing like that. It's <laughs> you can post whatever you want. So my OnlyFans started really as a body positivity source for myself. And but it turned into modeling. I was like, well, I like my body. I like how I look. And I like the idea of my transition progressing through this weird voyeurism in a way. Like, you know, people seeing me as I changed was like a weird thing that I never really thought about. And then I started to have people message me and go, hey, like, I follow your OnlyFans. And like, it's incredible to see your, you know, progress from this month to this month or whatever. And like, it became a weird, like, counterpart to documenting my transition and also loving myself. Um, it's not something I charge a lot of money for. It's not something that I'm like, you know, dedicated to the cause so deeply where I'm like, you know, this is my life. But it's like very, I don't know, it's a really great way to find beauty in your own presentation. Mm. And there are all different types of people on there. You know, it, it's not like a something where you're like, well, I can't do it. Like anybody can be a model. Anybody can do it. And not just in OnlyFans or whatever, but in any kind of context, you know, you just really kind of just have to find the right place. Mm-hmm. And that was the place that worked for me. Would I love to do like more um, conventional and traditional modeling? Would love to um, in any kind of context. I have a, a friend on here um, on Instagram. Her name is Maddie also and she is a model and she got into it and was just like look like you know we're trans and like we you know we have this cool look to us people want that so i would love to do more but yeah the modeling is great it's it's such a positive thing for myself which i didn't expect i kind of thought it'd be the opposite yeah well it's it's interesting because a lot of us come from a place of learning about transgender people through things like Mori povich and um well, for some reason recently I can never remember his name. Luckily I'm I'm, I'm blocking it out. What's that? Springer? Yeah. Jerry Springer. Luckily it's it's starting to, to fade from my brain. I think that's a good thing. But good. 
you know, it was it was all about kind of sex workers and 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 all of that, and it's kind of the the seedy side of of being trans, where the only place that uh, were valued is in that kind of sexualized environment. So um, it's interesting to hear you, that you got into doing an OnlyFans, and not for those reasons at all, but for your own em empowerment, and it's really helped with yeah. that. Yeah, it was. It's it's interesting that like piggybacking off what you're saying like the only trans exposure that most people get is from pornography so it's like very mm. it's weird to try to break from the stigma of that and go we're obviously just people and anybody can do porn and anybody cannot do porn but then getting into only fans i was like well technically it is kind of like pornography so like I was like, am I doing something wrong or am I doing the right thing? And I was like, I'm going to be honest with myself. And if I hate this, I'm going to stop. Mm. And I haven't stopped. So I think it's good. But, you know, we all have differing opinions on this stuff. So, mm -hmm. which I totally respect anybody's placement of that. But, um, yeah, it's weird, like, trying to break from the stigma while also kind of living in the stigma a little bit too. <laughs> yeah, diving <laughs> diving headfirst into it and also trying to break it at the same time. We got a, yeah. a, a question through the chat, which I think is pretty much what you covered, but I'm gonna ask it anyways in, in case it triggers something else for you to sure. add on to that point. She asks, how do you feel about modeling with places like OnlyFans and such? Do you feel it proliferates the stigma of being a fetish entity and less of a woman slash person? Or do, um, do you feel that it devalues others or empowers them by being proud and visible? I will say this. I have never received nicer messages from men than I have on OnlyFans. I have never received nicer messages than I have from trans women than I have on OnlyFans. Hmm. I have subscribers of all different walks of life, and I don't know if it's because they're paying money or if they legitimately are just respectful people and I got lucky, but I have never heard a gross thing. I have never been told anything gross or even any had anybody insinuate it. It's been nothing but respect and love on there. Wow. Um, I don't know if my experience reflects the entire experience for others, but I think it's a good thing for myself. Now, at the same time, like I said, the stigma is still sort of there, and it's sort of being acted upon. So, you know, sometimes, like, in life, <laughs> you can't be perfect. Mm -hmm. And I know that I'm like not perfect in my uh, in what I'm doing with OnlyFans, but overall it's good. Mm -hmm. So I, I kind of even it out. I think that's that's pretty wonderful. It's it's really interesting to hear that you get more respect from those those people. Sort of like you know um, with the dating apps, you tend to find better people in there when everybody has to pay. And I wonder if it's something like that, like, you know, you filter out a lot of the, the trolls and maybe even some of the chasers by by doing yeah. that. I would say that <laughs> based on my experience here in this chat with your story, that 
um, I think you're just insanely lucky with everything. So I don't know if yeah. other people would find that. I'm dying to find out and ask other people that have an OnlyFans and expose themselves to the to their their fans to the level that you have to see mm -hmm. like if if they have a similar experience or if if you're just insanely lucky in everything you do. I just get very lucky in life. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Not in everything, but it, it does happen. Mm -hmm. It helps you empower yourself by choosing and figuring out what, what it is that you want to put out there and what you want to present yourself as. And that's kind of a wonderful level of control and, like like I said, empowerment. Literally, it's like having a bedroom and saying, this door only opens if I allow you in. You know, mm -hmm. and people only see that intimate side of you if you're letting them. And yeah, it's a different, it's a totally different world. But yeah, it's been nice. Has has your content shifted? Has what you present and what you share in your OnlyFans changed based on what your based on the comments you've gotten or um, some requests perhaps from your fans? One thousand percent. When I first started posting, I think I posted more what I thought people wanted to see um, and less of what I wanted to do. So I, you know, was like making the gross, sexy faces and I'm not sexy. So like <laughs> I was really trying hard to play the part. Mm. And then I was like, you know what, really like what I want to post, um, if they don't like it, they don't like it. You know, they'll tell me with their wallets or they won't. And if they do like it, okay, great, I'll keep that going. And it, like I said, it turned into a body positivity thing for myself where, you know, I just posted myself in poses that I felt like I looked really beautiful in. And pictures that I go and look back on now, you know, weeks, months after posting them, and I go, okay, like, I, I feel okay with that. I don't feel embarrassed by that, you know? Um, yeah, it's nothing like, it's nothing that I would find really horrifying if I came across it in real life, you know, if, if we didn't have such insane standards about the body, especially women's bodies and like what we're allowed to show, you know, like I can't post myself toplets on Instagram, but men can, you know, like that kind of thing. Like once you get past all of that, you know, and you start to find beauty in yourself, you, you change your content as you go for yourself. I think most people I know in OnlyFans do that. Mm. They're like, I can take requests and I can do all that shit. Or I can like keep doing this for myself. And I think as a trans person, you know, it's really helpful to me. Um, I think for others, it can be incredibly triggering probably. So, you know, your mileage might vary on that, but yeah, I definitely, I change as I go, but it's not because of what they're suggesting. It's because of how they're reacting to what I do. Okay. Makes a lot of sense. How are you yeah. accomplishing your photography? Um, do you have a photographer or are you setting up a, a camera on a tripod or your phone? Tripod, phone, lighting, uh, remote shutter, and a lot of neck aches from positioning and like finding the right angles and like booty popping and to the point that I had to get a shiatsu massager for my back <laughs> because I get lower back pain from trying to make my butt look bigger than it is um yeah it's it's really tough doing it on your own i would pay well i guess i wouldn't because i would just be hiring a photographer but i would love for a photographer to shoot me and do all the work for me but <laughs> unfortunately i don't have that luxury really so mm -hmm. yeah 
It's all me. I love something that Michaelaville posted a month or two ago. It was a gorgeous shot, her on a, on a bed, wonderful lingerie, and the, the caption underneath it was like, um, I never realized how much pain it, that girls were in when they were doing those those poses. <laughs> so true. It's horrible. It really, like, after you do, like, a one-hour, you know, photo session of yourself, and not even so much for OnlyFans, sometimes if it's just yourself in a bikini and you want to look good... After that, you're just like, oh, my God, I need an ice pack. I'm too old for this. Like, I'm not a spring chicken. <laughs> I love um, that. I've had a couple attempts attempts at, at getting a sexy photo, and I've come kind of adjacent to that. But uh, one of my favorite stories is I was trying to do one, and I was going to lean up against a wall. So I set up the, the tripod and, and the, the timer on the camera, and I went to lean up against the wall, and I... I stepped on something and tripped and fell against the wall like all clumsy, and it snapped snapped the photo. Uh, so I I loved um, posting that on Instagram at one point. It's like, here was my, my my failed attempt at sexy. There you go. I need to see that photo. Like, <laughs> as soon as we're off this, I need to see it. <laughs> I can uh, I I think it was on my Instagram, so I I can find it and and um, and send it to you or send you a link. Out of my life immediately. Um, going back, you you mentioned some of the things that you personally like to promote um, that you come across that you liked. And I know in our, our chat before, you said that you wanted to promote an app. And I think I still have that link in my 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 um, clipboard here. Let's, let's see if I can paste it in. Yeah. Do you want to talk to us about Solace? Yeah. So um, I hope they're watching. But if not, I'll uh, have them tune in later on and watch the video. But mm -hmm. yeah, Solace is this amazing app they are not paying me to say this i promise but it's this amazing app for goal setting so it's the kind of thing where you know when you're trans like i said before like there's no handbook you know so you really have to keep on top of everything on your own which is a pain in the ass and it's a lot of you know organizing and when you're on hormones that are giving you euphoric feelings and throwing you all over the place organizing sometimes is like the hardest thing to do mm. so it really helps you set goals in the sense of like you say i want to get surgery done i want like this particular surgery done by next year they can literally help you plan that out they'll even help you find the surgeons and mm -hmm. um like locally and get information and like they have their own like little concierge part of the app that like does all that for you i think that's like a paid thing that you have to do but the app itself on the whole, like the most of it is all free and it's run by uh, and created by a trans woman. And um, I don't know, I just found it really cool. I just thought it was like so important that, you know, even this late in the stage of, of this late in the game for like my own transition, I still do have these goals that I want to hit. Mm -hmm. And I was looking in there and I was like, wow, there's like voting resources for trans people and like specific like information on how to get your name changed or your gender marker changed or you know all these different resources and i was like wow there actually is like i guess it's like a sign of like being in this present now but like years ago there was nothing like that mm -hmm. if you were trans you just had to google everything all the time and you know it would take you days weeks months to find the information you need and now there's like an app that just like is made for us that did it. So I thought it was so cool when I came across it. I was mm -hmm. like, wow, like there are apps out there now that really want to help us. They're like holding our hands and going, just so you know, like this is attainable. 
Hmm. You know, it's not like something that you can't do. So yeah, I really wanted to shout them out. It's Solace. Um, and I think their Instagram is Solace LGBT. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong. You should be able to find them if you search, but yeah, definitely recommend following them and reaching out to them. They're run by the sweetest, most helpful people. And, um, I didn't want to like, you know, promote an app, you know, that has nothing to do with me (laughs) on here. I was like, I don't know if that's like the right thing to do, but Mm -hmm. I talked to you about it. I was like, I really just think it's great. And like what they're doing is so helpful to people like us. Yeah. And so, yeah, if if people haven't heard of it or downloaded it, check it out. It's really, really cool. Well, yeah, the, the point of this show is to help people, you know, to help yep. trans and non-binary people find themselves, find something, find validity, find community, mm-hmm. find other people that, that have had similar feelings and just basically help in any way we can. And I think that sounds like a great resource as well. I still haven't had a chance to check it out, but I did post the link there and I will download it after this, after I've sent you my link, link to my, my fail photo. Yeah, <laughs> um, can't wait. And um, yeah, I hope everybody does. That, that We've got some people in the chat that are downloading it. Uh, Gwen Victoria, I'm assuming she's a, a friend of yours, um, says it's legit, she promises, or maybe she just um, happens to know it as well. It is. It is great. Um, definitely worth checking out, you know, especially like if you're like in like year one of, you know, being on hormones or being out. It's like literally just spelled out for you. Mm. I was like, damn, I wish I had this a year ago because mm. like a lot of what I did was just like question marks and going like, is this going to be good? <laughs> well, turns out it wasn't, you know, um, <sighs> so it, it helps, you, it helps you knock out the trial and error aspect and actually kind of put together a, a plan and follow it. That's great. I love that Big idea. Awesome, awesome. Awesome. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to bring up or, or chat about? Anything else you'd like to promote? No. All I would like to say is I'm so happy that platforms like yours exist. Um, I forget if we talked about this the other day, but... I just really love that, you know, like you just said, like, this is just to help people. And I think it's so amazing that all of us can sit here and have a conversation and talk openly about, you know, a person's story or about our own shared experiences or anything in between for people like us who need help. So really, that's, I just want to thank you for doing what you're doing and continuing to do it. And um, I wish you success on this because it helps me. It helps me to sit here and talk, you know, about this stuff too. It's cathartic, you know? So I hope it helps others and um, what you're doing is great. So keep it up. Well, thank you for saying that. I hope, I just hope that it does. I hope that it does. And and I, I just want it to grow. I want uh, more people to find it and I want it, I want it to spread so that we can reach more people and help more. Um, We got to spread the word. That's all it takes. You know, good things, good things grow and they take time, but it's, it's going to be great. Well, thank you. My pleasure. Unless uh, anyone in the chat has anything else to ask of Maddie, I think I'm going to go ahead and let her go because I'm kind of out of questions, I think. Um, My yeah. foot size is a 10. Your what? My foot size is a 10 mm. and <laughs> my height is 5'7". Yeah, I'm, I'm about to head out on a on a road trip not too long, not too far in the future here. And the girls yeah. I'm gonna hang out with, we were talking about sizes, and and they're vastly different in shoe sizes, so we can't share. And I don't know that that we're 
similar sizes otherwise so it's just could be like bummer we oh, gotta, gotta bring our own stuff but you know <laughs> yeah said, that sisterhood of the traveling pants moment i've been waiting for it <laughs> wait it still hasn't happened i'm too tall um yeah unless you've got your your cat handy to show or want to um talk at length about rollerblading <laughs> oh my God. well my cat's sitting in a chair right now and if i go grab her she's gonna put claws into it so definitely not i wish i could kiss her on camera but she would just scream um and rollerblading honestly i recommend rollerblading to all trans people it's like the ultimate workout and it's such a good like dysphoria burner really i oh yeah like whenever i'm feeling low about myself or any kind of weird whatever i throw on a pair of blades and i just go to a park and there's nobody around and i skate in circles and i get away from the world it's like the ultimate, like, forget about everyone, and this is Maddie's world, and population is one. Uh-huh. You know, it's highly recommend it. Nice. It's good for the booty, too. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Transgender Show from the Transverse Network. Watch the full video version of the show live Tuesday nights at twitch.tv slash thetransverse, and be sure to catch our slate of other great shows there as well. If you love what we're doing and want to support The Transverse, you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash thetransverse.